going on, Trophy Kids? We've got an awesome episode here for you today. We're talking college basketball and all that's going on there. Xavier's incredible run right now. College football playoff rankings and the controversy surrounding that. A couple bets we're making this week, and there's been a mortal sin committed in the gambling community. We talk about all that. Let's go. Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is December 11th, and Xavier University is the greatest basketball program in the history of the world. Seven O's out of your Musketeers rolling through their competition. How are we doing today, gentlemen? We're doing fantastic. We got the best record in all the land. Best team in all the country. That's just the facts. Those are the facts. That is how we print them here at Trophy Kids. It is what it is. Sorry, the rest of the world. <laughs> uh, or my sweatshirt that I'm wearing right now, because um, my al- allegiances. Fully aligned with uh, Xavier Musketeers when it comes to basketball. Uh, I guess we got to end the podcast right here, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you, Dante. <laughs> yeah, see you. We'll, we'll carry it from here. Don't worry. My uh, basketball prowess that I've gotten in all seven games I've watched. Um, but, yeah, God bless the Muskies because they have got me back into the swing of college basketball and paying attention to the rest of college basketball a little bit closer, and we have some things to talk about. But we might as well just start with the Xavier Muskies because we, we have some Muskie listeners I know. Um UC's terrible. Go figure. Um, they might be the greatest shooting team in the history of shooting teams, just based off last game. We're just going to we're gonna stop stop counting buckets after that. Um, and I love the Xavier team. They are so much fun to watch right now, and I'm feeling so much more excited for this season. I thought we would be good, but how good we potentially could be is it's unreal that we're not – I think we should be ranked after this because we just tore – Ken Palm had Oklahoma as the 26th best team in the country – and we just ripped through them. Just ripped yeah. straight through mm-hmm. them. I don't know how we don't get top 25 votes. Maybe not ranked, but I don't know how we don't get top 25 votes, 7-0, and and how we're playing right now. Right, yeah. Let's not get it twisted. Like, we're not arguing for Xavier to be in the top 15, top 10, no, or anything God, like yeah. that. We're saying that we should be top 25 now. And by top 25, both Nate and I are on the same page. We should be, like, receiving votes slash the number 25th team in the country. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't looked. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we have had some miss-ups. I do love this team. They're so much fun to watch. Zach Fremantle is a blast to watch on offense and can be so damn frustrating on defense sometimes. Yep. Even on offense, sometimes he can be frustrating to watch. Um, but he is a blast to watch. Um, Dewan Odom has come right in and not skipped a beat from high school. Nope. He is playing like he belongs in college. Um, and... Paul Scruggs has picked up right where he left off. He's the senior leader of this team, and he has been distributing when his shot's not going in and scoring when his shot is going in. It's an, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's one of the most it's one of the most fun teams that I've watched in a long time for Xavier. I agree. Yeah. I, I guess my problem with Xavier, not that they um, shouldn't be ranked, I do agree with y'all. I mean, they played seven games in record fashion very, very quickly. My problem with Xavier is they don't get to the free throw line enough. And that's how teams, that a lot of times, like if you watch them, that's how teams end up hanging around with them because the other team is very good at getting to the free throw line. Kind of happened a little earlier in the Oklahoma game before Xavier pulled away, right? Where um, I believe uh, their guard w- was continuing to get and ones um, to score his little like ten or eleven points, but he was keeping them in the game with that. So um, that's that's probably my biggest problem with Xavier watching Xavier right now. 
Yeah. Yeah, they can struggle with that from time to time. <clears throat> They've gotten a lot, a little bit better uh, this year than they have in the past. They had been atrocious at getting to the line in the past. They didn't attack at all. Um, they're starting to get a little bit better. And the thing with Xavier, you won't see them get to the free throw line when they're knocking shots down like they were against yeah, Oklahoma. That... So, I mean, there's no need to attack when you have the kick out for three open and they're hitting them at an insane yeah. When you're seven from nine. <laughs> yeah, when you're 19, 19 to 30, <laughs> yeah. 19 to 31, I think is what it was, from three-point land. Like, you're just going to shoot all the threes in the world. What's the point yeah. of attacking the basket? Well, Nate Johnson's out there torching people. <laughs> torching them. Uh, yeah. that's well, a, that's the thing that excites me about this team. Like, I don't think they have to live and die by the three. They can, go, that, yep. in, they can go down low to um, – What's his name? Griffin. Um, they the, can the go big to guy, Griffin. Fremantle. Or if even Fremantle Stanley, will go down low. Yeah. I think Ben Staley will become eligible here once the 16th rolls around mm-hmm. and they reverse the decision on blocking any single transfer um, eligibility, which is still one of the most ridiculous things that they've ever done to a student athlete student athlete if they really want to become a student at if they still really want to have um kids be student athletes this is one of the ones that should have passed with flying colors considering kunkel's plan i mean yeah he planned on sitting out a year yes and then his waiver goes through like what am i missing here um so <laughs> anyways moving on yeah before we move on to all the rest of the basketball i have two two points to make one love the depth if we get Ben's waiver, I can't imagine. It's going to look insane. But that also scares me because guys like Kiki might get lost in the rotation, that type of thing, because there is so many guys. I don't think Kiki will, but there are just so many guys that can get buckets. Um, the depth is really fun. The rebounding part for Xavier is concerning. This might be the most impressive. This might also be the most horrifying, and this most might be the most like alarming thing I've ever seen. In the UC game, 31 rebounds. But 34 by UC. Zero offensive rebounds by Xavier in that game. I don't even know how that is possible in a full basketball game to have zero offensive rebounds. That is horrifying. (laughs) But also so impressive we still won the game. (laughs) It is horrifying not to have offensive rebounds. The defensive rebounds is what scares me more because it's like they don't box out. They still don't. It's yeah. like they still they they still feel like they're in high school sometimes where they just watch the ball and they figure that they're more athletic than the guy in front the guy behind them and they can just go get the ball. That's not the case. You got to put a body on somebody and then go get the ball. Put the body on somebody first and then go get the ball. Especially when we get to Big East play. Less in the hard way. Look no further than Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, sticking good transition to the Big Ten because there is one team that I asked. I think last episode about, and then I watched, and they are very much for real, and that is Iowa. That is a that is a human cheat code team there with Luca Garza, and then if they can shoot like they did the other night, I don't know how you beat them. Like you just have to hope, I guess, they have a bad night shooting, and you just let Garza get his. But I honestly don't know how if their guard play is going to be like that, and you have Garza down low, how anybody beats them. Yeah, Bohannon was just shooting the lights out. They would pat, they would pitch it into Garza, defense would collapse. Garza would throw it out, um, and then Bohannon was there, just hitting threes. And even if he missed that, the other thing, like you guys are talking about, offensive rebounds. If he missed, Iowa was still grabbing the offensive rebound, yeah. <laughs> reloading and hitting the three again. And it was just like, like you said, it was a cheat code. It was almost sad to watch after a while. And North Carolina 
came came back twice but couldn't couldn't hold on. No. Yeah, it was it was wild watching. I mean, they had <clears throat> they had like four, all four guys could shoot the three. Um, it's wild when your point guard with Bohannon can shoot as well as he can, and then you have Luca Garza, a big seven foot, like just big guy, and he can kick the ball back out because he's gonna get the rebound because he's bigger than everybody. Yeah, it's I don't know what you do with Iowa. I mean, I know they're eventually gonna lose a game because that's just how college basketball happens. But like at this point right now, I don't know unless you have like them play Gonzaga. I don't know who's beating them. At least in oh, the no. ten when they get into I conference think- play. At this point, the way they're playing. <laughs> yeah, I think once they get to the Big Ten is going to cannibalize itself very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. When you have all of these teams ranked in the top 10, um, it, it's going to be a bloodbath. I think what you're going to see is um, teams just trade games is probably what's going to happen in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. I think um, not only the Big Ten, but we'll see this across college basketball. I mean, it's going to be wild without the fans being there because you've seen it against when um, bigger schools play smaller schools. Usually you get down, you get punched in the mouth once, and then you get on a mini run, and then the crowd gets behind you, and that mini run turns into a long run, and then the game's over. Well, those mini runs are being stopped because there's no crowds behind them, and then they're getting back going, and it's just trading blow for blow with some of these smaller schools. Yeah. Um, so it'll be an interesting dynamic into college basketball. I mean, for me, it almost makes it more intriguing to watch. Sure, the yeah. crowds are more fun to be there and everything but it's more of an intriguing like matchup like what's going to go on in this game like how are they going to be able to react without a crowd behind them yeah you don't want to end up like kentucky or duke <laughs> duke, is, duke is on another level and that i guess is a great transition because they just lost to a big 10 team of course just two lost big ten teams. yeah two big 10 teams <laughs> there are two non-conference games go down immediately after Coach K comes out talking about how maybe we should postpone the season due to Corona risk, as if not every other basketball program in this country is trying to deal with that in the best way possible. Um, And he's the guy beforehand who was talking about how everybody should make the tournament, yada, yada, yada. Nate Oaks from Alabama came out of the (laughs) sky today. Um, I had no idea who Nate Oaks was before this. I sent it to you guys and you're like, funny enough, we actually know who he is. Um, And you can tell that in a second, but Nate Oaks came out today and essentially in his press conference got asked, like, what do you think about it? And said, do you think if Duke had won their two non-conference games, they'd even be mentioning this right now? No, right. not a chance. Right. <laughs> he just shot up Zero, my yeah. coaching power rankings. It was funny when I heard that this was from Nate Oates and it was like, oh, man, he's the, literally a high school basketball coach from Romulus, Michigan, who ended up climbing up the ranks. He spent like 10 years at Romulus and then all of a sudden ended up at Buffalo as an assistant and then jumped right into a head coaching job and then right down to Alabama. Like he climbed the ranks so fast once he got into the college basketball world. Yeah. Where do we stand on this? I mean, it's obvious to me because the timing of this. Duke's bad. It feels like a move mm-hmm. to try to protect your prestige and your record as a head coach and Coach K because they're just a bad team right now. Um, you've got Dick Vitell's now because Coach K is beating <laughs> the war drums. He's chiming in like, yeah, maybe we should. I think I saw Seth Greenberg on Twitter today saying it's ridiculous that other coaches are criticizing him. And it's like, well, he's threatening the I season. I mean, one. he's got one of the biggest bullhorns in all of college basketball. And it's more up yeah. to the conferences right now, I think, is how they're handling it. Um, I think the NCAA is trying to be hands-off-ish 
in this area and letting the conference deal with it. But it's it's fair that other coaches are coming out and criticizing because like it's their they have a vote as well in this and a say in this. And if Coach K is going to come out after like immediately after a bad loss, saying this type of stuff, it does beg to ask some questions around it. Yeah, here's oh, my it. thing. I, I, Go ahead. So I don't think Coach K is wrong, right? But with that said, I don't think I think the bigger point here is Coach K wouldn't have made that statement if his team was good um and and that's what i believe i don't think i i do think for all sports and i've said this all year on this podcast like we probably shouldn't be playing sports right now period until we've i, mean, I know we're going to get the vaccine and i know we're we're getting somewhere but it does seem sometimes needless um in the way that we're moving forward with things here now we have it we're playing i think it's it's asinine for coach k to be like well let's stop playing right now like that it just doesn't make sense we're already here so let's let's continue let's push forward until you know we do get to the point where it's just not feasible and we're we're already seeing like a bunch of games get canceled because of covid uh msu was affected um there's a slew of games today that got affected so it's gonna continue to happen and duke canceled their other game against charleston southern southern so um it I think this is going to play out how it's going to play out. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong, Dante, at all by saying that uh, Coach K kind of does have somewhat of a point. Um, but like you said, he wouldn't be saying this if they were winning. This is to me, I've said it before, but this is like Coach K's back injury. I know I'm not the only one that's <laughs> saying that either, but this is Coach K's midseason injury where he does it to, to take the – take the focus off the team, put it all on himself, and then he'll end up coming back and the team will come back and play well. And it's even funnier that Seth Greenberg is one of the ones that uh, that, that tweeted out that uh, Coach K has a point because I even retweeted the uh, the thing from Dick Vitale saying that um, Coach K's rallying his troops because mm. <laughs> oh, Seth big Greenberg time. falls yeah. right off yes. And and that's a good clarification, like you both said. Like it's not necessarily the point he's making is wrong. It's the timing of it and the circumstances around it that are just so obvious that it's like he's not making it because it's the right point. He's making it because the team is not playing good right now. And he would not Mm -hmm. be saying that had they been playing good, which is a good clarification in our criticism of this whole thing. As far as whether or not that should be playing oh go ahead. I was gonna say, and the these days, it's also the person that's saying it. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's not let this go under the rug of what Coach K is doing over at Duke. I mean, you heard the rumors of what Zion was getting offered mm-hmm. from other schools, and he still ended up at Duke. Yeah, and the yeah. It, then the rumors around in the history of Cable and what you know his history in that arena has been, and the speculations there. So it is. And you can look at his recruiting class once Jeff Cable left. I mean, yep. And you can also, <laughs> and you can also see like Duke's been pulling in the top recruiting classes for a while, and they haven't been winning championships. Like they haven't converted nah. to that. Like they had three incredible players, uh, Zion himself as kind of the star guy, and they didn't do anything. So Zion wasn't even supposed to be the star of that recruiting class. Right. <laughs> so it is, it's seeming, and I don't know if he, the, the writing sort of on the wall and we're just now reading it. It does seem that maybe the game's passed coach K by a little bit. And there is this self-preservation, try to preserve the record, try to prefer, preserve the prestige of it. 
um, type of influence there. Is how I'm. Yeah, it, maybe I don't know if the game has passed him by. I think that Duke is where it is. We saw this a few years ago with Duke, where like every four or five years they they'll hit like a wall, and they just have to develop when they when those one and duns or those two year and duns you know wash out. It takes Duke a little bit to reload sometimes, and I think that's where they're at right now. Yeah, I, they definitely need to reload. I was watching that when I've been watching their games and every game I've watched. I don't know if I identified a player that if you need, like Duke has had in the past, where if you needed a bucket, mm-hmm. you could get that bucket consistently. Because they've always generally had that guy. Um, right. I don't know if I could. Now, I have not been tuned in. I'm sure some Duke fan could scream at me who that guy is. But, like, as a fan who's just watched a couple games, I couldn't point him out on the court. <laughs> I couldn't tell you who that, get, that guy is, um, which is a, probably a reloading issue on Coach mm-hmm. K's part. Um, yeah. But we'll see. I mean, COVID is now making its way, as you mentioned, into college basketball in a pretty heavy way. I mean, we're seeing postponements left and right. We're seeing in football as well, um, continually. I don't know what the season looks like here. Um, I think college basketball, the one thing we've been pretty upfront about is I always think that college basketball has way more flexibility than college football has had in the fact that if things kind of go to shit now that we're getting to conference play you could pot it up and bubble it up a little bit better um and control it that way and i think that might be their saving grace if things really go bad um that is kind of where they they've always had that flexibility and that's why coach Steele, when he got seven games in and is the only team in the country with seven games in made the right decision get him in early build that resume early do it right (laughs) um and now there's some flexibility because i do think i think ultimately we might in the new year at least head into more of a pod system i think that yeah, might be coming I, down the road i hope you're right i hope once we get to conference play that we start like locking these things down a little bit more um it's weird to see especially from our southern schools like you would turn them on and there's fans in the stadium and i'm just like what are you doing like i under i, I don't understand football but at least it's outside yeah but you're right. in a closed arena i just i don't understand well, that's – and I, I'm leaning towards I think pods are coming because, like, I look at, like, with Xavier's schedule. They've only released out until the end of December. And so I think that's intentional to be like, okay, how is this going to go? And then if we need to reevaluate and do something, we now have flexibility to do that because we haven't locked in all these games, these locations. We haven't locked in travel and that type of stuff. And we have flexibility. And that's kind of like – when I was looking over the schedule um, this week, I was like, oh, I think we – Unless things get magically better with college basketball, I think we are going to eventually head to a pod system here in the new year. And just kind of Big East will be in a pod, ACC will be in a pod, Big Ten will be in a pod until we get to the tournament. Right, yeah, because that schedule, too, for Xavier isn't just Xavier's schedule. That's not finished. That's the Big East schedule oh, yeah, that has exactly. been finalized. So all teams are doing <clears throat> the same thing, and it's – it leaves them flexibility to be able to change things on the fly, just like they've been doing with these non-conference games, being able to change them on the fly rather than um, sitting around and waiting. I mean, with basketball, it's a lot easier to get 15 guys to a new place versus football where you got to get 100 guys to a different place. So it's a a little bit different, and um, that's what gives me hope that this season will be able to go on. Yeah. And football, just the mentality of the sport, which is leads us, blends us right into the college football rankings here and what's going on with college football, is not a sport that likes to have flexibility and 
put up big marquee matchups because it doesn't generally favor the top-tier schools, which, unlike college basketball, they're all about iron sharpens iron. Let's get our best talent in front of the best oh, yeah, talent absolutely. and play and just go, um, which I, is one of the best best parts of college basketball is there's always generally a great game on and two teams getting very good looks, um, even yeah. from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And so many upsets. I love the upsets. Yes, which football, I think, needs more. I don't know if as many upsets would happen, but football needs, I think, more marquee matchups, and that kind of leads us into the college football playoffs because there is, to say controversy, <laughs> I can't even call it controversy because I sat on this podcast a week or two ago and literally said here, and you guys laughed me off the stage, that the committee was setting up to protect um, the Big 12. Iowa State is now seventh in the college football playoffs. Nothing else has really changed. They jumped four spots. UC moved down a spot. Georgia moved down a spot. How are we feeling about the college football playoffs right now? And the situation with the Iowa State, uh, State where we're going to get to. The Iowa State yeah. jump is ridiculous to me. I, I said ridiculous. they're protecting. They're doing it. I, if Oklahoma As soon wins. as I saw that, I texted Nate immediately. I was like, <laughs> Nate, you're right. I don't care. You can go on your rant. I understand now. Yeah. I didn't understand before because he was – he was hype. He was making all these arguments against Georgia being that high yep, and that against was the Oklahoma problem. being that high. And I'm like, Nate, what's the big deal? I don't see it. I don't see it. The committee's going to be the committee. We'll fit it all iron itself out at the end. But now that Iowa State made the jump all the way up to seven over UC, like now I see it. Now, yeah, because I have a hard time. And I, it doesn't I even make. Yeah. Go ahead, Tim. I was just going to say I have a hard time thinking that Iowa State is better than UC. Whereas I don't know that I could make an argument that UC would play well against a Texas A&M or Florida or right. any of the four guys, any of the top six, really. But against Iowa State, I think I can make that argument. Like, I don't even understand the Iowa State thing. Like, they, they got two losses and maybe it's the conference. But, like, Coastal Carolina is 10-0. Now, granted, they haven't played anyone. But you're, I can't – I cannot justify Iowa State being at – eight and two and be a seven and then coastal carolina being 13 like something just isn't right well that's the absurdity about that because coastal carolina has two top 25 wins and one of them is to the team that beat iowa state in louisiana like that is that's just a fact um and it comes down to the fact that once again this is the committee they do it every year you could see it a mile away this year iowa state is there for twofold one to keep the other power five in the mix but i interpret it as Oklahoma is going to play in the Big Ten or Big 12 championship. If they beat Iowa State, they now have a win against a team that was in the top 10, plus some other wins. Texas is in the top. They have Texas in the top 20. Um, they've got Oklahoma State in the top 25, which they're not. They're six and three and are not a top 25 team. So that boosters Oklahoma's record now to be in smelling distance of that playoff if insane chaos breaks out, which yeah. is not probably going to happen. I can't foresee it. But that's well, they what still it is. Gotta shake out this Notre Dame Clemson thing. Are you gonna let a two loss Clemson? No, I, I understand letting a one loss Notre Dame in, right? But you nope. don't let a two loss Clemson in, right? Nope. No. Yeah, no, 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 no way. Um, I don't think no. at least at least with Texas A and M in the wings, potentially happens, a one loss yeah. SEC team, two S two two one loss SEC teams potentially, which gets to the Iowa State part or the Ohio State part. But the Iowa State, I just wanted to point out the bat, like that is the committee. The committee, this ranking this week, has justified everything we've said about how the committee does not care (laughs) if you are not a power five. You can go suck it because they don't care. 
And it doesn't matter if you're having a great season. It doesn't matter if your coach recruited a hell of a recruiting class four years ago, has coached those kids up. They're now in their senior year, and they're playing unbelievable. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, they don't care. It won't matter unless there's true, utter chaos. It would have been awesome if we could have gotten – because Coastal Carolina, they're 13. You're telling me Coastal Carolina, 10-0, and 10 and 0, who has two top 25 wins, doesn't deserve to be higher than Miami at 8-1, and 1, who doesn't have a top 25 win, or um, Indiana, who doesn't have a top 25 win, or Oklahoma, who has two losses? Like what are what are we doing here? I know hey, they're not. Indiana is a football school. Don't I... don't don't disrespect <laughs> the Hoosiers. Yeah, like I get, I get it's Coastal Carolina. Ha, it's kind of a joke, but like they have two top twenty five wins. I get, let me ask ask you this, Nate. Do you think Coastal Carolina is ten and nothing in the Big Ten? No, but they're having a great season, and I don't think you should reward Miami, who's eight and one in the ACC and not playing great at the ten spot. I don't think that. Oklahoma, and I don't actually, to that point, I don't know. Are we putting them on the East or the West in the Big Ten? <laughs> and are we, and are we only putting – in my brain, question. it was going, well, wait, which side are we putting them? I Probably not, no, but no, I, they might well, They might one, have one loss. One, right, Nate? Because they would have to play Ohio which, State regardless. Yeah. And they would At have to At this point in the season, do I think they'd be undefeated? Any of the, they would either play – I mean, on the other side, it would be Indiana, Iowa, or – Wisconsin. I think so, they could beat. I think there's a well in this year. I don't think they beat Iowa. If you took this team and put them in the Big Ten this year, mm-hmm. that's what I'm asking. And they played Iowa was their big game, and they played Minnesota and the rest they, of the bums Minnesota. on they, the West they side. They yeah. beat all of them. Do oh, I think they, they could beat, beat Iowa? Yeah, uh, maybe they might not beat Northwestern. They might. I don't. They just beat BYU, and BYU is a good football team with no. BYU was overrated. We t- we 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 started this year off saying BYU was overrated. Nate did not. Nate did oh, not. Nate said true. watch out for BYU. I said that's watch out for BYU. I don't think they were overrated. I think it was very clear. Just like Coastal Carolina, it was the perfect. It's the perfect. Who's the best? Just if you lined it up and played it, because there was no, like you could tell BYU had no game plan. So did Coastal BYU Carolina. You played a team whose mascot is a camel. I get that, but like I think we're devaluing Coastal, as if like there's some joke. They're not. No, 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 no. They just have a bunch of mullets. Yeah, but they <laughs> beat. Coastal they Carolina beat, is a good team. Coastal Carolina beat Louisiana, who's 19th right now in the college football playoffs, and they beat Louisiana beat Iowa State, who's seventh, and Coastal Carolina yeah. beat them. So yeah, honestly, maybe they might win the West this year. <laughs> it's possible. Mm-hmm. I'm they, not gonna I say mean, it's not possible. possible. They, they might, yeah. They might. I don't really have anything <laughs> yeah. against that. <laughs> the East, the East. No, they wouldn't be. I, they wouldn't beat Ohio State, and I don't no, think they should well, be. In the, don't don't quote this as me thinking they should be like an ear shot of the playoffs. I'm just thinking it's kind of ridiculous to have Miami and Oklahoma ahead of them because of name yeah. namesake. Um, when we look at the totality of the season, but this brings me back to my point because you were touching on it. If Clemson loses two loss, Ohio State does not have a game this week. They're going to play Northwestern in the conference championship. I know it was not possible to happen, but it's a f- it is like the ultimate fantasy of them. They should have played Texas A&M this week. The Big Ten should have just waived it because he- here's a scenario <laughs> that I want you guys to ponder here. If Ohio State beats Northwestern, okay, they've they're six and zero. They have the Big Ten championship game, right? But they only have one top, or they have two top twenty wins, but they have no top 10 wins or against playoff teams right now, which A&M has one against Florida. Alabama's got three of them um, in the top 10. 
if Clemson beats Notre Dame by a touchdown or a field goal, very close game. Alabama loses to Florida, very close game. Does a 6-0 Ohio State game team get in with their best wins being Northwestern in Indiana versus Alabama one loss, who has three top 10 wins, Florida State, who is now the SEC championship against Alabama, or Florida, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was sorry. about to say, not Florida. Florida State. Yeah, yeah, Florida, Florida, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, God, no. Um, <laughs> and then a one-loss Notre Dame team who loses a close rematch against Clemson, setting up for the trilogy, and a one-loss Clemson who lost to Notre Dame without their star quarterback. <laughs> Does Ohio State get in? Because this is why I think Ohio State two really needed that Clemson. text. You think it's a one-loss? Wait, a two-loss Clemson? No, one or loss. One loss. One loss. In so a close one, one loss. loss. Yeah, and all these games Clemson? are super close. All these games are super close. SEC championship Bama, game, super close. In Florida. Yeah. Oof. Right. Yes. This is why I think, in an ideal world, Oof. that Ohio State Texas A&M game might actually have been needed. I know they couldn't have done it. There's no way they could have done it, even though the game was canceled very early in the week. But the rules in the Big Ten and yada yada yada. These teams, like, there's no incentive. Ohio State doesn't believe there's an incentive, but, like, if that... And I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think Florida's going to beat Alabama, but it's possible. They get too close. Like, here's here's there's a chance Ohio State might not get in still. here's Oh, yeah, there's a chance, but here's why it's all null and void. Clearly something happened in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten, like, sold its soul so that Ohio State could get this fourth spot. Like, we're all not... (laughs) We're not pretending that that didn't happen, right? No, I just I uh, think it was a pretty easy decision to waive that game because if they because if they lost to Michigan, they're still in the Big Ten championship. So like the requirement to have six win or six games, I think was sort of silly in this standpoint. Ohio State will be the fourth team, barring some sort of natural disaster that you have just. Uh, yes, if Florida just... beats Alabama, there <laughs> yeah. could be a wild there scenario could be a problem. That, <laughs> that plays out. And but I'm just saying, if Ohio State, I don't see that happening. If Ohio State called the Big Ten and said, "Waive the rules. We want to play Texas A&M," and Texas A&M came up to Columbus this week, that would have been perfect. Yeah, then there but that eliminates be a that eliminates the Big Ten from the playoff. Like that's why. That, if they beyond, lose, and if yeah, they if win, they, they prove they're one of the top four teams. Because right now, I don't know if they're the fourth. There's best no team value in, in that for Ohio State. There's a value if they're that's, already. If that situation is still short, out. they're still short handed too. Like yeah. Are they? They still have. A oh, that's right. Because this twenty-one, yeah, the twenty-one day rule. <laughs> God, yeah. The Big Ten is just short-handed. keeps getting I mean, bit in the butt. They, they, they might have sold their soul so that Ohio State didn't have to play Iowa. Oh yeah, that might. Have, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're not talking about that because that would have been a better matchup and a better argument for them to be in the college football playoff. Um. And now they get to avoid Iowa. Yeah. Dude, they're a, I think they're a three-touchdown favorite right now against Northwestern next week. <laughs> yeah, not surprising. <laughs> not surprising at all. Um, I just – I wish there was a world in which Texas A&M, Ohio State could have happened. Or te- I know UC couldn't have happened because UC is the one that has the COVID issue and why their game's canceled. But, like, just I wish there was a world, which is one of the reasons – I know it will never happen because there's no incentive for big teams to do it. But I do wish we had kind of like a flex week. Uh, in college football where these matchups like if you needed a good win you could go out and schedule a good win and just this have is it what happen. i was suggesting last week i know you were i know yeah. <laughs> um i was just saying i'm bi- like i like this week really crystallized that for me yeah i think to they give should, you credit they should work that in yeah period 
I agree. Especially to the non-power five. Mm-hmm. Especially to the non-power five. Yes. Screw the power five. They can they can do it. But the non-power five um, collaborate and work together and say we're going to leave the last two weeks off our uh, <laughs> off our schedule mm-hmm. and then we'll just call up the best the best teams and get them all riled up and going. And this yeah, and been... you don't have to worry about UCF saying that they're the national champions. Yes, mm-hmm. and this would have been awesome too because like if that had happened, that would have been perfect for the question of whether a playoff expansion was possible because like this would be one of the first games in the playoff system if it expanded to what six teams yeah if it expanded to six teams this would be this would be the first weekend <laughs> so be someone suggested on twitter i don't know if you guys saw this graphic like a 16 like a sweet 16 uh college football playoff did y'all see that i did no. not know Here's my this is I don't think there's 16 good teams. <laughs> Here's my soapbox rant for you right here. Do we not understand that co- that football, I love college football, is a inherently dangerous game and you can't have kids play that many games. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, expa- exp- to play. expanding it to 6 or 8, I think there's a legit argument for that, but no, yeah, 16 is absurd. 6 is fine. 16 is asinine yeah that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard (laughs) right and that's one of the things that makes college basketball or college football so exciting too during their regular season is every game matters kind of you can't committee sort of showing that it doesn't because uc just got bumped at eight now so every game sort of matters every game matters for the power yeah that's a better way to put it (laughs) yeah every Every game game matters every well Unless the, that, unless really, the committee like, needs you in there. <laughs> every, every game matters for the top of the power five. Yeah. Every conference game matters towards the end of the season. <laughs> every game matters is if you can get to your conference championship and you're in a power five conference. Unless it's the yep. Pac-12. Because for some reason, they discount the Pac-12, but they give the Big 12 all the credit in the world. Don't know yeah, why. I've seen USC all the way down at 15. Yeah. That's the highest Pac-12 team. They're four and zero. They're undefeated. Dude, Texas is twenty at six and three. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely absurd. Um, all right, I don't have anything else on that one. I think uh, unless you guys got anything else you want to cover. No, I just want to tell everybody that Tim and I are not defending Ohio State. <laughs> oh. no, no, we're not. But. We it is what it is. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. It's a business decision. You have to have Ohio State in there. They're obviously plenty talented enough. Like there was there was no world or universe where they weren't going to get whatever they needed to get to the Big Ten championship and have a chance to compete for the playoffs. No one. As much as much as Michigan didn't want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Michigan. Hey, can't lose to Ohio State if you don't play them. So there's mm-hmm. there's that. That's a loss. Ohio State. I don't care what Michigan says. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Not in their mind. They don't, they want to hand Jimmy that contract. This... Not only a contract, but then talk about extending it after Michigan is back in the black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. How? Yep. <laughs> because they didn't lose to Ohio State this year. That's how. It helps when you don't get beat You're by a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> it helps when you don't get beat by a hundred by mm-hmm. Ohio State. Um. All right. The spark went and took we we took our lumps, okay? Yeah. <laughs> sure did. I mean <laughs> to a team that was missing twenty-three players. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. <laughs> this is very true. 
Um, alrighty. This week, not that many games. Not that many games, but this is normally would be the Army Navy standalone week. Um, obviously this year it's a little different. That's the game I'm looking forward most to on this schedule. Um, Army Navy, I know it feels like every sports podcast has to talk about it. Um, one, I love the game, but it has somewhat of a sentimental value to me. Um, and one of the reasons I love it even more is, you know, when I was a kid, my dad got tickets to an Army Navy game last minute through an FBI connection. He worked in the FBI. His boss had two tickets. Say that? Yeah. <laughs> His boss had two tickets. Last minute was like, hey, I can't go. I know you've got a son. Would you want to go? He was like, yeah, I think he would love that. Came home, told me. Didn't have a lot of money. So the morning of, we woke up. We didn't stay in a hotel in Philadelphia, anything like that. We woke up. We drove up to Philly, just sleeting snow, terrible day, just absolutely cold as can be. Showed up. I had a hole in my boot, snow pants. We had beautiful tickets. And it was like one of the fondest memories I ever had, especially with my dad in my childhood. The game is awesome. It, the pageantry is awesome. It's like one of the purest things you'll see. Um, they always kind of say it's like everybody on the field's willing to die for everybody watching the game type of deal um it's an awesome game is it the best football no but it's pure as hell um it's a great time and it's one of my fondest memories i think everybody should put it on their college football like bucket list of games to go to it's awesome the reason we are now talking about this there is a gambling aspect to this there is a there are picks to be made here i know you guys probably haven't watched much navy army it hurts me hurts me to say I'm picking against Navy this year, but facts are facts. Munkin at Army has turned that program around. Minus seven's the line, over under 37. Army, I think, is going to just blow the waters out. It's also at West Point, which is the first time in, like, I think since, like, 1940 it's not been a neutral site. Um, I'm looking at that right now. It says Army hosts Navy for first time in 77 years due to COVID-19. Yep. They're yeah, playing I was reading that, 77 too. years. That's insane. It's crazy. Um, next year, it's in MetLife, I believe, for the anniversary year, 20-year anniversary of 9-11. Um, but it's normally in Pittsburgh, and it was like one of those things. We just like we drove up day of. It was terrible weather. It's usually terrible weather, and it's just it's a fun it's a fun event. It's worth the trip. It's worth the price of admission. Um, you generally see somebody cool there, whether it's a president, secretary of state. Usually there are many powerful people um, around, um, and it's just a good it's a good game. I enjoy it, um, and that's on this week. I don't know if you guys have any picks in that one, but Army. I mean, Munkins turned that program around, and they are just they're killing it, which is sad. But. You saying they're not they're not going to run the triple option? No, they are. They still are. They're the third. <laughs> they're the third ranked offense in the or third ranked rushing offense Army, but it's just like they are just so much more in tuned to play in that style of football right now. It's it's night and day almost. Man, I almost watched that triple. I remember watching that triple option almost ruin a Michigan year. Mm-hmm. It'll get a I team. I remember watching that game too. It'll get a team. The conditioning, the, 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 the physicality of that style of play mixed with the conditioning of the athletes running it, we'll get a team every once in a while. It'll bite a team. <laughs> It'll bite a team. Um, the other game that's on the radar we should probably talk about UNC Maryland because you know or not Maryland Miami minus three I was like, UNC Maryland we're talking about basketball minus three 
Miami's a top 10 team. I don't know how at this point in time. Um, over-unders at 67.5. I think I like the over here. I also think I like UNC. <laughs> I don't see. I like the over. Yeah, I don't see any points. Not not or I don't see any stops really being made in this game. Yeah, now that you say that, I don't know that I really see Miami winning this game. I I don't. I don't at all. They're the number ten <laughs> team in the country, and I I God honestly cannot figure out why they're even. A, I think it should be a straight pick 'em, at best. I do. That's where I would put it at too. It makes no sense to me. I know UNC isn't good. I mean, they're they're good offensively. I think they're pretty decent, though. Yeah, they're, they're all right. Their defense isn't great. Their o their their offense is really good. I mean, they've got great running backs. They got an insane wide receiving core. Howell can sling it when he's got you know a good running game behind him. The defense isn't very good though. Um, mm-hmm. Like the rush defense isn't very good. I don't. Think. I think saying not very good is generous. Generous. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I'm trying to be a little bit nicer to them because I'm picking them, but. <laughs> And you look at Miami. Miami's without a blade. First of all, I don't know if we've ever mentioned this. I don't know if I watched a Miami football game where there wasn't a blade member on the team. Al Blades Jr. is out for this game in the secondary. The secondary is bang is is not good, and I think it's going to struggle here. But does the Blades family just always have a kid at Miami? It feels like there's either like some type of relative related to one of the the main Blade uh, brothers slash cousins. I think from like the '80s teams. I feel like there's always a blade on the team. This one's going way over my head. Yeah. Did you not watch the 30 for 30s? You know, you know more about them than I do then. Oh, (laughs) they're like, uh, how do I put this? They're like the bullas of, uh, Michigan state. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Like there's always like, yeah, like they're like, uh, they're a very like prominent family within Miami football. Like there's, they're like the Al blades was a big time player back when, when, um, Back when the U teams were going with uh, like Jimmy Johnson and not Jimmy Johnson before Jimmy Johnson, I think he was on there. I don't remember exactly when, but they're always there. I feel like I feel like there's always a kid or a cousin or a god kid or somebody on the team uh, with the last name Blade, but he's out. Yeah. I don't think the secondary can hang with the wide receiving core of UNC. I like the over here at sixty-seven and a half. I also like whoa. UNC. He's out with myocarditis. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah, I saw that. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, not good. <laughs> but oh, not great. No, not great. But I like UNC here. Um, and the over at sixty and a half. I don't know if you had any thoughts on it, but I think the next game you guys are gonna help me out a little bit more here because I might be getting in trouble with it. Wisconsin, Iowa. Wisconsin uh, opened as the underdog. They have now been bet to the favorite. As a two-point favorite, Wisconsin fans are delusional. <laughs> I don't. That's what I would think too. I don't know what I'm. I, I almost want to pick how. Wisconsin though, not to cut. Maybe at a pick them. I almost want to pick Wisconsin because I know Iowa's good, but they look like the same team they do every year, and Wisconsin generally beats them here. To be honest, like they beat but them. See, Wisconsin has switched their offense to relying on their quarterback, which has worked sometimes. But Iowa is going to come in there and play the same Big Ten football they've been playing for decades. And I think that attrition, attrition they're going to wear Wisconsin down is what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way, too. I think Iowa's going to win this football game. Yeah, I think I Iowa mean, wins. Now, I have been wrong. 
every single time on this podcast. <laughs> so I will point that out. <laughs> See, my thing is, I just think like I think because the problem I'm having in my head is I know the offense has switched a little, but I just feel like in it's Wisconsin, Iowa, and Paul Chris is going to say, "Screw it, we're going to run, we're going to rely on the run." We're gonna play a little play action, and we're gonna stuff Iowa Make defensively. Wisconsin's running back. I don't know. They can't run the ball this because they can't run the running ball. Okay, at one point. I, now you're calling me out on it. I gotta, I gotta find him. He's a he's a senior running back that's white, and he looks like a fullback. <laughs> Runs like a fullback. That's not helpful at all in this conversation as identifying who. Well, who because is. for years you could always name the Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Uh, running back, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean the line's still good though, and they're getting he gets holes to run through. Um, not Jonathan Taylor. Oh well, <laughs> right? yeah, he's no not. Jonathan Taylor. You know Jonathan <laughs> so. Taylor and Melvin Gordon. I mean, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'm so if to, you can't name Wisconsin running Wisconsin's running back, do they? I don't have think a Wisconsin back? wins this game. <laughs> if a tree falls in the woods, do you? And you don't hear it, did it really fall type of deal or whatever that saying is. Um. If you don't know their running back's name, you don't. I mean, they're still getting – they're still rushing 190 – they're averaging 199 yards on the ground. That's still pretty good. What's Iowa averaging on the ground? 177. So, yeah, they're beating them there. Now, they've played – actually, I can't I can't say Iowa. Iowa's played Illinois, Nebraska, Penn State, Minnesota, and Michigan State. Michigan State. Wisconsin's yeah. played Illinois – Michigan, Northwestern, and Iowa. No, they haven't played Iowa. All right, I'm sorry. Playing They're playing Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> IU. IU last week. Um, Indiana. Yeah. yeah. Which I was so wrong on that pick. That might have been one of the worst picks I've ever given out oh, in my life. That was <laughs> I brutal. felt the same way. Oh, man. I thought Wisconsin was going to run them out of, the, out of the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Quarterback. I thought they were throwing all over the field, and then uh, this hmm. feels like an under game to it. The under so low at forty one. <laughs> that, that's so low. <laughs> it's because they're playing Iowa. <laughs> I know, but that that the whole I'm gonna get in trouble this game. I already know it. I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna take Wisconsin, and I'm probably gonna take the under, even though it's so low. That's so low. Ah, no, I can't take a, that low of an under. Um, I took an under tonight in Thursday Night Football. Was not not pleased about it, but we'll see how it plays. <laughs> Um, Who's playing right now in college? Georgia Tech? I don't know. Good question. Uh, UTEP, North Texas, Arizona State, Arizona, Nevada, San Jose State. College football is terrible. Uh, Yeah, Thursday night especially. (laughs) Um, One other game because we kind of mentioned that I'm going to give out my other pick, and I think I don't have much other thoughts on college football. USC, UCLA. There's a chance USC might go undefeated this year. I think there's yeah, a, I, I think there's a chance, and they have them. At, the college football playoff has them at 15. They're a two point favorite here. They might go undefeated. USC is taking Um, I don't have that many left. Let me look it I was up. Just say, what, <laughs> Nate? Are you actually just saying that they could go undefeated? Like, well, they they might, I think team. they're going to win this game, and I this think they're going to win the, the Pac-12. Yes, right, yeah, they got two more. Is there a Pac-12 championship? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is their only game. UCLA is their last game. Pac-12 championship still on, last I saw. Um, USC turned into the team that I thought Oregon was going to be. Oh, I guess they got to figure out. Yeah, they got to figure out what they're doing with the Oregon-Washington game because it got canceled. 
But mm-hmm. I think whoever wins that's playing USC if they win here. And then if they beat Oregon or Washington, they just went undefeated on the Pac-12, and yet they're going to be ranked lower than a two-loss Big 12 champion. It's and the Pac-12. Lower than UC and yeah, <laughs> riddle me that. <laughs> riddle me that because I do think they're going to win this game. Going back to the pick, I think they're going to win this game. I think UCLA's secondary is like they're acting like it's much improved, and it is statistically, but they haven't really played anybody. And this quarterback, um, Kendall Silvis or whatever at USC is going to, I think, thrash them. But riddle me this: why you why you USC is in the Pac-12 is so discounted, but the Big Twelve is not. Because nobody cares about you, uh, Pac-12 football. I know, but I'm just saying it's it's odd to me. It's odd to me that a team, USC, okay. could go and if they go undefeated win their conference championship, that there are teams in the Big Ten or Big Twelve that might st- like Iowa State might still actually be ranked ahead of them if they lose to Oklahoma in the championship game. Do you really want to see a Pac-12 team in God, the no. college football? I'm just, okay, I'm so. just, you just answered your own question. But your I'm just saying on principle. Why are you bringing up these arguments for no reason if you don't <laughs> yeah. want to watch it? I don't want to see right, a Big 12. But, but I also don't want to see a Big 12 team. I'm tired of seeing Oklahoma in there and just get thrown around. Well, it might be Iowa State. Not wrong about that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see either one of those conferences generally in there. <laughs> so, I, that's, I I'm just you. saying. I'm just I'm asking the question why the Big 12 is valued so much heavily like more heavily over the Pac-12. That's my question. Not so much like in the grander scheme of college football. I think they are identical conferences. In my Don't opinion. You think the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are identical? Uh yeah. Yes, 100%. Most <laughs> years, most years, 100%. That's the, a strong argument. The, I think Oklahoma goes undefeated in the Big I mean, the Pac-12. I don't know. I I think we've been brainwashed to believe. Like, yeah, Oklahoma. Okay, if you told me, if you took just the top t- top team in the conference, yeah, like their top team. What am I supposed to do? Huh? <laughs> yeah, what am I supposed to do? The, the the totality of the conference. I'm saying. I think we've been brainwashed to believe that wins mean more in the Big 12 conference in conference play than they do in the Big 12 play, and I don't think that's necessarily true. Just because Oklahoma is the one doing the most winning. of the years, Oregon and is co- decently competitive. USC needs to figure it out, but they're not they're not terrible right now. Um, they always have that one random slip up where they get blown so does out it, for no so reason. It, so in the Big Twelve, that's what I'm saying. But, but we're doing recency bias though. Oregon has been in the college football playoff. Oh, I agree. Yeah, and they deserved so, it that year. And then they got right. Yeah, like they deserved it that year. So, I, I, yeah, we're doing a little bit of recency bias. When the Pac-12 is good, they put the Pac-12 team in there. I think the Pac-12 team has to be really, like, like they had to have a Heisman Trophy winner on that team to get in, though. I, no. I don't know if it's true. They Look, just had to be undefeated, or they they just can't put a one-loss team in there like Oklahoma can. Right. Michigan I don't State, know if that's right, but right, that's Michigan State got in. Right, we got in, team. so come on. What Michigan State? Yeah, yeah but the Big Ten conference is way better than both of those. Oh, I I think if you put Oklahoma, well, once again, it goes back to which Not side of the year. which <laughs> yeah which side of the conference you put them in too is the other problem. But I think Oklahoma has some issues. I will take Oklahoma in the Big Ten. If oh they yeah, want. we'll, we'll yes. trade you. <laughs> I bet Oklahoma. you you would. Oh, big bag. Of, we'll throw a big bag of cash along with that too. I mean, I'll <laughs> get them out of here. Oklahoma and Texas, if they want, if they want. Yeah, yeah, all right. Take um, anybody that they want to give us. 
Trade you Nebraska. The uh, oh, yeah, yeah. and Rutgers. Yeah. <laughs> mm, um, yeah the only other pick I'm going to give out. Oh, USC's winning, I think. That's the pick. And then the over in the Virginia Tech UVA game at 63. Just put it on your radar, people. Um, Cowards, play us in basketball. I wanted to look at two Nate was the Auburn Mississippi State game. Am I the only one that has thoughts on this game? That you have any feeling on this game, Nate? Oh yeah, the. Uh, I, think, I think Mississippi State might be able to cover here. I think giving yeah, I was gonna say I think giving them a six point. I thought you were talking about like winning outright. I was like I don't know if they're gonna win outright, but covering a touch six points, yeah, I think they could they could do that easily. Auburn is so. Auburn's another. I don't school. think Auburn's that good. No, they're terrible. <laughs> no, Gus Malzahn. You've hired Gus. If you stay with Gus Malzahn, what you're saying is you're okay with being, which is fine. I feel like it's probably a proper expectation for Auburn. You're not a very good football team, but every once in a while you'll beat Nick Saban and your rivals. And if you're okay with that, cool. Like that's what Michigan should be okay with at this point. Except they don't even beat their rivals. But they, yeah, they don't even beat their rivals. That's a good point. Like Gus Malzahn's good for a. Also, Gus Malzahn's good for an upset every once in a while. But something Jim Harbaugh's never done in yeah, his life. <laughs> no. But Auburn's not a good football team. Like, don't get fooled by Bo Nix playing good last week. Not a good football team. They laid down in that fourth quarter. And that's you are right. I it wasn't on my radar. Like initially I saw the line and I thought that was a little high. Um, but I'm with you. I think Mississippi State can cover that game. Hundred percent. Yeah, this was the game that jumped out to me when I was scrolling through. I was trying to look for a game and this was the one that jumped out to me right away was this one um, Mississippi State covering. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think Mississippi State would cover that game. Um, any other final notes or other games you want to talk about before we wrap this uh, wrap this up? Reschedule that game, Virginia. Michigan State wants to play. I'm down Same for it. Same with Baylor. Oh, oh yeah, Baylor can Zaga. Zaga. That was, Zaga, it has to I be played. I was so disappointed that Same. Saturday. I had no good college football games really on my radar that I wanted to watch. I was planning on watching both the Michigan State game and the Gonzaga-Baylor game at the same time once that tipped off at 1 o'clock. I brought my iPad with me so I didn't have to bother anybody, didn't have to make sure that anybody needed to change the channel for me. Um, and I was all ready, and then I got the notification that it got canceled. I was so disappointed. Yeah, that was that was very disappointing. I was very I went because I didn't get the notification, or maybe I did, and I just like kind of threw it off. I went to go put it on, and I forget what else was on, and I spent so like I was like what baffled just in my living room instead of pulling <laughs> out my phone and just looking up what happened in the game. I like went scrolling for it in the in the guide, like where is it? Did I get the wrong channel right? Like an idiot because I was like, no, this is this is terrible. Like I we talked about it. That was so exciting to have that one two matchup. Would have been awesome. So, yes, does need to be rescheduled. 100% agree yes. with that. Immediately. Um, I had one thing, one quick thing, because I was – I need to call it a fraud within the gambling mix. Um, I try to listen to a podcast every once in a while of other shows just to hear what competitors are doing. I tuned into the Danny Cannell one, the cover three. Oh turned God. it off within the first seven minutes. Furious. He committed a mortal sin. In the gambling world, and I, I just felt like it should be brought up. Do you know what he did, Tim? No, what did he do? He gave a pick out in his locks of the week. Locks, plural. They give, like, locks. He bet against it privately. He went against it privately. He showed Ow. up the day of. I guess the he, it was an over-under. The, the line moved, like, two points. And he, he privately, like, he gave it out on Thursday or whenever they do their show. 
I try to listen to these shows like after we do ours so our content doesn't bleed into it. And he said, he was like, I have to apologize. I gave out the over in the Egg Bowl. Or the under. I don't know what he gave. And he went the other way, though. He looked at the number on Saturday, decided he didn't like the pick anymore, and bet it privately the different way. And he didn't give that out? He didn't Apparently right. he didn't not. Tweet. He didn't even tweet oh it out? Oh, my goodness. He didn't say that on the pod. And the guys on the pod I just mean, rolled with him. He was like, oh, I think people might be upset about that. but And they just kind of like kept moving on with it. I couldn't believe it. If we change this is pick. why you don't surround yourself with yes men. That is one of the most ridiculous moves I've ever heard of in my entire life. I couldn't believe it. And it wasn't like just an off the win, like when we go through games, we're like, oh, I think I like this, but I'm not betting it. He gave it as a yeah. lock. <laughs> that's there's a big yeah. difference. Doing that as your lock. That's I mean, yeah, your lock is your lock. He should have put that number, he should have bet it that day. He waited until Saturday, the line moved, and then he was like, I he hated it. And then he bet it privately, and I don't believe he tw- maybe he did, but he he didn't disclose that in his uh, podcast, and I wasn't going through his Twitter feed to find it. So here's the other thing: all you gotta do is just not make that game your lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Is there something in that um, in that bet that makes you second guess it? You shouldn't be 100%. using that as your lock. There are there are times your lock I, is your unwavering. That's your certainty. There's nothing that comes across my mind that can make me choose or change this choice between now and the game time. I'll, I mean, this is Corona, so you never really know what's going right. to happen. But like, if something drastic changes to the team that's on the field, that's the only thing that should be changing your lock of the week. Hundred percent agree, and that's obvious. Like, if I was if I was somebody who tuned into his podcast and he had the over and the quarterback has COVID, and so does the offensive line. Like, obviously, I'm not taking the over, as my voice just cracked there. <laughs> like, that's obvious, but I don't, that's not what happened. He just, like, woke up with a bad feeling, didn't like the pick, and went the other way. I have done that, but I've done that on non-locks, and I've always bet what I said. Like, I've woken up and been like, oh, I don't like that anymore, but I gave it, so I'm, I'm going with it. Like, you're damn sure I'm, I'm sticking with it, and I'm just hoping that my bad feeling – is just wrong. And when I was looking at it earlier in the week, I was fine. Cause it's also gone the other way where I've been like, Oh, that was a trash pick. Why'd I give that out? Still bet it. And it's hit. And I've been like, Oh, well, never mind. I was right. I, I you got to go with the sober thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have never, I could not believe it. I turned the podcast off immediately and never watched. I'm never listening to cover three again. Frauds. I can tell the trophy kids listeners that will never happen on this podcast. I'll never give out a pick. Tim will never. Nobody on this podcast ever will give out a pick and privately go against it. Uh, a lock. A lock. A yeah, lock. yeah, a lock. And we'll tweet out let's, or something. There will be some this, kind of disclaimer like, "Hey, I'm switching the pick." Yeah. Twisted. Yeah. yeah. Will be a correction. <laughs> it's a better life to live. Trust me. It's a, it's stressful over here. I quarterized the room. This week, I went three and three in both NFL and college, and I was like, "Damn, it's a win." I still lost money, but it was a win on the week. I was like, "Thank God, <laughs> I went fifty percent." I quarterized the wound this week because it was the last two weeks I've been bleeding out. <laughs> oh my! Oh, but I couldn't believe it. I I heard that on Friday, and I was like, "Damn it!" The one week I should have listened before we recorded. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. All right, that'll do it for us. As always, peace. Peace. peace.